show that. If you awaken from this illusion, persistence of vision. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the beautiful downtown North Door Lounge Bar for this live episode of the Persistence of Vision podcast. Hooray! <laughs> that is beautiful. Hello, folks. I'm Lance Fever Myers. And I'm LB Dio. And this is the Persistence of Vision podcast. If you want to see us online or or see it, read any of the amazing content we have up there, uh, the website is pov-publishing.com. We have comics by Walt Holcomb, Shannon Wheeler, Penny Van Horn, myself, a bunch of cool stuff. We have essays, we have poetry, and you can follow the link that's up there to buy my novel, Why So Much? Question mark. Why so much? Go check it out, please. Yeah, Go buy thought. it, read it, be amazed. What do you think, Lance Fever, about the fact that we have so many plosives in the <laughs> Persistence of Vision Publishing podcast. I love it. I love it. We need a banner. We need lights. We need... Well, we do We do have a banner. We do have we lights. We have a banner. We have <laughs> lights. What are you talking about? This is a podcast. Hit the pyros. Do we, it up. We're, we're recording this from, from the Yankee Stadium of the South, the North Door Lounge Bar. Uh, we're very grateful to be here. We love the people, uh, and, uh, and we love our, our guest for this evening. Who is our we? guest today? Our guest this evening is a very talented and brilliant filmmaker uh, who has directed, who has edited, who has written, who is, uh, what can I say? I mean, his work, his short film Casablanca appeared in the Sundance Film Festival. uh, He has edited such movies as Boyhood, uh, which, you know, I was the, the assistant, Globe. I have to say, the assistant editor. Yeah. But you did go to the Academy Awards. I saw the photo. You went to the Academy I did. Awards I did. for... I don't want Sandra that. Dare to say, wait a minute, I thought I edited that movie. But. <laughs> we haven't introduced you yet. <laughs> don't exist yet, man. Bring him to life. Who is All this right, man? This guy is Mr. Mike Signs. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Mastodon fan Mastodon and Moby fan. Dick reader. Yes. W- tell us, the, uh, what is the name of the book? Uh, it, the name, it may have slipped out, but what is the name <laughs> of the book you came here to discuss? I came Mike here Sines. to discuss classic of American literature, Moby, hyphen, Dick, in the first editions and others, but uh, it sometimes gets dropped. I'll, I'll have you know. I've, yeah. And uh, I know some people are sticklers for hyphens, uh, so I wanted to point that out on the radio. Yes. Well, uh, Lance and I, before the show, were discussing the fact that in the movie Zelig, Woody Allen's character, Zelig, uh, first starts turning into the human chameleon and, and becoming other people when he encounters a group of fairly erudite people who are discussing Moby Dick, and he doesn't want to admit that he's never read it. Now, I thought that was pretty apposite because <laughs> none of us have read Moby Dick. Isn't that right? That's correct. It's my favorite book, but I've not read it. I don't think Mike has ever even either. read it. No. no. We're just here to act like we've read it. I just wanted to try to get you guys to read it. <laughs> Smart. I think Smart. it's cool because, yeah, it's your favorite book, and you don't want to risk that, right, by actually reading it. No, it's an, it's an what ideal. What if you read it and it sucked? 
<laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting because I read it, loved it, carried it with me, read it, and then rereading it for this podcast for a while, I was like, wow, I am not as I'm not as into it as I was in college. <laughs> Is that right? Really? <laughs> I, I came around again and it I came around again after I finished it and thought, you know, that was great. And I there are times oh, we're hearing music. There are times when I thought, okay, I I used to think this is great. This is like hundreds of pages about the dimensions of a whale skull, but I get the point. You know, Melville, it's great. Now I'm just, as a film editor, reading and thinking, okay, well, (laughs) the narrative part of this book is is a tiny, tiny percentage of, of the number of pages that were devoted to it. Yeah, there's but, about four pages of story. Right, and I can, I mean, I can tell you, it's its about a man who really, really hates an animal. Yes. As Ron Swanson said, and it's its correct. Wait, so so you said back in college, is that when you first read it? Yeah, I did read it. Um, I was an English major, English and American lit, and... Uh, Where did you go to college? I went to Brown University. Ooh, big shot. <laughs> <laughs> Sundance, the Academy Awards, Brown... I'm dropping We're names left greatness. and right. Yeah, we've got Melville, Moby Dick, uh, <laughs> Sundance, Brown, Casablanca, which was a drink. I do need a stronger drink. So what was it that first uh, cap- captivated you about this book? What was it that, uh, that drew you in and, and had you uh, label it your favorite? It was assigned. This will now be your favorite <laughs> book. <laughs> it was assigned that you have to, it has to be your favorite Um it's. I hate to use the word epic because it's. It's. It doesn't really mean anything. But it's. It's a book about That's some person's intense, intense hatred, <laughs> and it's. It's a whale. Yeah. Well, we ha- we're going to have a drinking game tonight. I'm yes. glad you oh. you mentioned that word. Sorry. Uh, the drinking game is that anyone who says the word whale has to take a drink. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd make it interesting. Yes, this was actually Mike's idea, and now he is paying the price. <laughs> One, as as is always the up? case with drinking games, uh, you have to wonder, what is the in- disincentive about taking a drink? I don't know. I never liked drinking games because it, it made drinking a punishment. Yeah. It's a bad attitude. It's <laughs> just wrong. Anyway, go on, please. Tell, tell us, what, what is Moby Dick even about? Moby Dick... Here's the story. It's about, well, here's the plot. Ishmael, just some guy who suffers from depression, just, just walking around Manhattan thinking, oh, God, I feel it coming. Um, but he has a solution. Whenever this happens, he goes to sea. But not just like he doesn't want to pay money to travel the world because he doesn't have any money. So, but it's better to get paid to travel the world. So he's going to go on a ship. He's done the merchant ship. He's going to go off, sail the seas, and maybe find a whaling ship, and then get better. Because otherwise, that's his solution to um, suicidal impulses. Mm. So um, in this book, we call that irony, because ah, he decides irony. to. S- yeah, there's. It, it'll be one of many instances. Um, and, so and speaking of Ishmael, the, the book has one of the most famous opening lines in all of literature. Hi, my name is Ishmael. <laughs> Hello, <Indeed>. everyone. <laughs> you can refer to me as Ishmael from here on out. Yeah, it, it also hey. goes on for several pages uh, saying the same. Call me, refer Call to me. me. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm trying not to. I am worried about my own drinking game because uh, <laughs> I've got witnesses now. Okay, uh, so, so so Ishmael, uh, you are uh, telling us that he is feeling down. He feels like he may just throw himself over the fence into the river, and he uh, he decides to take a sailing voyage in order to fight the depression. Indeed. Um, so he goes from Manhattan to New Bedford. Uh, on the way to Nantucket to find a whaling ship. And in New Bedford, uh, he walks uh, into, you know, a lodge to try and find a place for the night in a place called the Metaphor Inn, or it's called uh, <laughs> um, the Spouter Inn, owned by Peter Coffin. Um, <laughs> we're not being subtle here. And uh, the place is packed. It's full. He can't find a place. But he says, you know, you can share a bed if you want. Uh, there's a harpooner who might be, there are a lot of plosives. <laughs> plosives, plosives. Sibilants. There's a harpooner. Um, he's carrying around shrunken heads, probably trying to sell them before Sunday. But, you know, he's cool. And <laughs> You can sleep in the same bed with this dude. You can sleep in the same bed with this dude. He probably won't mind. Yeah. Uh, so Ishmael takes a bunk and uh, he's sitting there. And then uh, in comes this over six foot tall center of a uh, you know basketball team giant man with a giant harpoon and a shrunken head and an idol. His name is Queequeg. He's tattooed from head to toe. Queequeg, folks. Queequeg, everyone. <laughs> and um, hijinks ensue. They uh, they <laughs> scare each other. Queequeg is like, "Hey, bro, you're in my bed." And he's like, "Ah, uh, you know, Peter Coffin, come here." And they're like, "Hey, I thought you'd find this funny." Uh, yeah, Queequeg, uh, Ishmael, cool, funny. Um, you guys are bunking together. Is that cool? And quick, I say, yeah, sure. That's fine. Um, hang out. So they become best friends. And uh, in, in the book itself, they say, hey, you know, we're kind of married now. Cool. And they're like, yeah, sure. We'll be married. <laughs> um, they smoke together. They talk about their, their lives, their dreams. They get on a boat, and this boat is doomed. And I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> uh, and 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 uh, who who happens to be? Let's say I don't know the captain of this boat. <coughs> the captain of this boat is. How shall I describe Ahab? Well, um, the thing about this book is every single every few pages, every chapter is an omen that says stop, stop this right now, or stop reading. You know, <laughs> it's going to get bad. Uh, Ahab, they, there's a there's an air of mystery about him. They say, "Hey, who's the captain?" And the the two Quakers who actually own the boat and hire the people are like, "Oh, it's Ahab." He's like, "What Ahab? Like the king?" And yeah, yeah, like the king. He's like the one that was so vile that the dogs licked his blood. Went yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> worry about he's that. Okay. He's okay. Yeah. He didn't name himself. It was his deranged mother. Oh, okay, no problem. <laughs> Uh, can I talk to him? Uh, he won't talk to you. But so he's, he's like a godless <laughs> son of a bitch. Or so he's like, yeah, but, 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 but go ahead. Go ahead. Get, he get on board. He didn't name himself Lucifer. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, you, know, you know, he's a um, very mysterious guy. And uh, they say, well, I, you know, I heard some things. And they're like, hey, don't, don't ever say that. Okay. He's, he's great. I would follow him to the ends of the earth. Everybody would. Uh, a whale demasted his ship and demasted him. So he's uh, got a. Uh, we got a. We got a. Need to take a drink. You said whale. <laughs> oh, I was scared we weren't recording. No, we're recording. <laughs> Did I say whale? You. Oh, <laughs> there you go. 
oh, he's good at this game. <laughs> I think he's winning. Yeah. Okay, winning so the game. I'm Ahab winning. is an intense gentleman, a Quaker. He's very intense. Uh, he has a leg made of ivory out of uh, Leviathan bone. What uh, happened to his leg? A giant monster of a Leviathan uh, cetacean creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. 90 feet long. <laughs> I, n- I can make it up later, and I will, because uh, I'm, I'm just going to get some credit here. <laughs> yes, he's taking a sip, if you can't tell at home. Yeah, which um, you'll be credit. able to tell soon enough, I guess. Uh, he was attacked. His ship was attacked. He lost his ship. He lost his leg to this monster of a metaphor, the 90-foot whale, which I did, Moby Dick, as he is known. And uh, he kind of disappears for a little while. They take on the ship. They, they, I'm just going to skip ahead because we are at the very beginning of the story, but yet like a third of the way into the book because um, we digress a lot to talk about <laughs> fishing, whalery. Is that, uh, do I get derivatives of this? You get derivatives. Do you guys talk about anything on this, or am I just going <laughs> to sit here and drink? Well, okay, We're gonna well let's, let, I, I would like to, to analyze this, though, because when you talk about Moby Dick to anyone, and they've read it, and they say, oh, my God, they go into detail about the whale oil and the, all the, wha- all the minutiae of you know, being a whale. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Right, give me a sip. Wait, is no one else even playing? <laughs> no, no one else is You're playing. the only one. This is my idea yes, for everyone it's but It's a solo, me, I'll, okay, solo I'll drink venture. for you, Lance. So, but why, why in such a well-regarded book does he go into such minutia with this stuff? People had very low standards of literature <laughs> back then. And, you could uh, get away with it. <laughs> you could get away with it. I think Melville's like patting his paper a little bit. Um, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have the internet. Nobody had seen a whale. Huh? I can't keep this up. But nobody, had <laughs> people hadn't seen these creatures. Yeah, they weren't everyday occurrences. You couldn't look and just Google it. So we had to spend a lot of time, not nearly as much time as we do, talking about, look, guys, I, stick with me. This thing is really, really scary, really, really big. Its skull weighs this much and so on. And it's like being on a train compartment with somebody who is obsessed with Star Wars, who's <laughs> telling you everything about Star Wars and every Star Wars character and tells you, like, Bib Fortuna and Kip Fisk, and you're like, so okay, I get it, I get it. Uh, I get it. But it's, it's bound to... <laughs> does it not add to the story, though? Does it, it does m- add a lot to the story, bec- and, it, and it serves its intended effect. The, the, the Melville writes in contrasts, a lot of contrasts, so different characters have different approaches to... Um, their obsessions about about the challenges of life. Um, for example, Ahab's challenge was that he was attacked and disfigured, and um, it's also, I don't know if I'd go so far. Should I call him uh, monomaniacal? He's a bit obsessed, maybe. I think that's <laughs> probably okay. Probably okay. I don't want to be unfair. Um, but he, 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 he uh, to back up a little bit, There, this is a wailing town. <laughs> Now I'm stuttering every time I hear wailing because I don't. <laughs> I see what's coming next. This may, can somebody get this man another drink? So this book yeah, is about this a is man Ryan from Nantucket. Yeah. Um, before they set sail, Queequeg and Ishmael go to church in uh, um, New Bedford, and the 
the pulpit of this church. This is a company town, Whaling Town. The pulpit is a ship mast. Father Mapple, who is played by Orson Welles in, in, in the movie, mm-hmm. climbs up, you know, pulls a little rope up, delivers his sermon to the shipmates, and gives a fire and brimstone speech about Jonah. Uh, we're, this book doesn't, de- you know. Wait, well, uh, you're telling me there's a movie? <laughs> the, there's a movie. Did, have, did you read 900 pages this. of? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you no. one thing. That, uh, let me one thing that really tripped me out when I read Moby Dick because I did actually read it. Uh, unlike some people at this table. <laughs> uh, all my life growing up, I always thought about sailing people and especially uh, pirates and so forth, saying "ye" and "thee." <laughs> You know, yeah, vast ye swabs, thee, uh, thee will go to ha- whatever. Well, and then I read Moby Dick, and it's just Ahab. He's the only one who talks that way because he's a damn Quaker. That's no. how Quakers talk. It's not a sailor thing at all. No. No, it's not. You were misled. I was badly misled, and I, I'm never going to trust another cartoon. <laughs> but everywhere, every time you get the one-legged captain... Yeah, exactly. They that's, don't all have one leg either. That's Ahab. He's got, I mean, it's funny. I mean, in, in a com- in a weird way, I mean, maybe I don't hate, I hate to be ableist. It's, it's amusing that he has a little hole in his ship where he puts his little peg and then spins around and, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I hate to laugh at that. That's terrible. Terrible, Lance. But it's true. It's, it's a well, factual tale. You both bring up something interesting about, I mean, the fact that this book has had such an influence on popular culture. Well, how do you explain that? I mean, if we're going on for page after page after page and it's so boring and people roll their eyes and, oh, my God, I want to see the movie rather than read the book. <laughs> but seriously, why, why did this have such an impact and why do we know the, 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 you know, the iconic characters and the, all the tropes? Uh, Okay, a show of hands. Uh, I'm just going to look over 100,000 people, you know, (laughs) just make an estimate. How many people have actually read the book here? I'd say in its its, – sure, yes. Let's see if people. Okay, so so let's say 30%, so like 30,000 people. Yes, 30,000 people. (laughs) How many of you know the story already just from pop culture? Everyone knows the story. 100,000 people. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of your point, but it's right. a very simple story. It's, uh, we, get on, we get on the ship. Ahab's like, hey, guys, how's it going? Um, I know we're here in the good commerce business of, of uh, uh, whaling. Uh, here we go. Spermaceti oil. <laughs> and we're going to uh, find these creatures. We're going to crack their heads open and, uh, you know, use, use the spermaceti. And, and um, we're going to render their fat. And we're going to do all sorts of great things. And it's a wonderful and noble thing. We all know that. But here's the thing. Um, I lost my leg. And I can't get over it. It was this giant monster that is rumored to be in different oceans at once throughout time. It's not at all allegorical. It's a real actual uh, whale. And we're going to find this one particular whale in the entire ocean that, that hurt me really bad. And I kind of don't care what it takes to do that. And we're, everything else is secondary. I don't care how much money has been invested in this. How's that, guy, how's that sound? It may kill everybody on board. Um, but I just got to do this thing. Because otherwise, life is meaningless. And everyone's like, you know, the one thing Ahab has 
He's charismatic. People like him. Well, he is, you know, they talk about the sultanism is the word he uses, the authoritarianism, the fascism. I don't want to, you know, read too much into it. But, you know, one guy on this ship is God. He's God, the sheriff, and the pope, and his name is Ahab. He's also yeah. a captain. And uh, we, there is no questioning him. And everyone is like, I'm in. It's cool. <laughs> and, you know, one person in this speech where Ahab comes up and says, hey, Anyone sees the white whale, here's a doubloon. Gold doubloon, nail it to the mast. First person who sees him gets this. Everybody on board, we're going to swear our blood oath to destroy this animal. And everyone's like, love it. I am in. And the first mate's like, okay, hang on. Um, This seems a little much, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because uh, we were supposed to get oil and, you know, the people have invested money in this and, and uh, it seems dangerous. And Ahab's like, well, come on, everybody's into it. Like, you know, oh, thank God I convinced him. I thought that'd be harder. And everyone's like, yeah, you know, let's do it because this guy, we like this guy. We're scared of him. He's clearly crazy, but we're on board. And um, they just chase this one thing in the entire world in this ocean and things start going terribly terribly wrong omens happen left and right and everyone's like okay well maybe we shouldn't have done this but it's too late everybody dies except one person and it's a simple story it's terrifying and we are all on that boat so it's it's an epic exotic oh yeah (laughs) massive grand tale about a very simple human failing. Yes. And don't forget about Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> oh, I was going there. I was going to go there because, uh, well, I don't, I don't know what more to say other than <laughs> to the last, I grapple with thee. From hell's heart, I stab at thee. For hate's sake, I spit my last breath at thee. Star Trek. Boss. Star Trek. Let's hear it. Come on, Let's folks. hear it. <laughs> Thus, I give up the spear. Yeah. Well, I wonder what it would be like. You know, I remember when I read Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde for the first time. And going into that. I've never heard of it. <laughs> going into that, you know, I, I, was, I was very excited. I was, you know, ready to hear, read this iconic piece of work. And I read it and I thought, well, of course it's the same guy. <laughs> what? Right, like, right. Like, I'm not surprised. Oh, it's supposed to be a mystery that they're the same guy? I, didn't, I right. never read it. And, and, you know, so what would it have been like to read Moby Dick for the first time and not know the story? Right, right. And and I think I haven't read Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but is it supposed to be? It's th- it's supposed to be a mystery. That, it, like, that Why is this doctor protecting this awful person? Right. This, this this doctor in, in good standing with society and everything is super nice by all accounts, and he's protecting this horrible human being that m- does all these crimes and everything, and, and people want to go after Mr. Hyde, and he's like, no, 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 no. It's the same dude, yeah. right? And we all know that. But when you're reading it, and, uh, you know, I can't imagine what it would have be, been like to read it for the first time and not know, and what a surprise and crazy feeling that would be so i wonder if like something is uh, like that like you said everyone here knows the story of moby dick but if you didn't what would it have been like to read that story not knowing well you would have to ask three thousand people <laughs> during melville's life because that's right. old that's right. the number of people who actually bought the book wow 
3,000 copies. <laughs> 3,000 copies, and they didn't sell out, and I think there was a fire, and they lost the rest of the first edition, and they didn't bother to reprint it for, you know, I, I don't even know if Melville lived long enough for them to reprint it. It, it was his last big chance, and it didn't do that well, and he thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll write some poetry and some short stories now, and it really only took off in the 1920s or, you know, so to answer your question, people probably had to hear about it and then, <laughs> then think, okay, I, they had to have it spoiled. It is extraordinary to think about that small sales run because it's, it certainly is more or less without peer among American novels in terms of its reputation and impact on world literature. It's amazing. Uh, surprising. So it's in 70 years, everyone's going to know the iconic tale of why so much. Is that I right? Indeed, well, yeah. So much. If we all do our jobs. Folks, <laughs> if, if, if some people in the, among the 100,000 in our audience would just go to <laughs> pov-publishing.com. There you go. There you right. Go. So there are a lot more people here who have written, you know, than who have read Moby Dick during Melville's life. It's a wonderful... Uh, slice of life from the past also to think about the significance of whaling. I mean, nowadays, whaling seems pretty barbaric. Oh, so oh, yes. Did you refill this? Uh, yeah, it was refilled. I, I, I completely missed that. Somehow his drink is full. Well, uh, people saw the pace. <laughs> but, you know, at the time that this book was written, whale oil ran everything around us. <laughs> there you go, Dan. Yes, no, what, what the world ran on on this kind of oil. Yes. <laughs> the spermaceti that spermaceti uh, oil that we uh, that we 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 don't even think about that anymore, but you you know, if you had a lamp, if you had a a street lamp, if you had uh, another lamp or a lamp. Yes. <laughs> it would That's be full of this oil. And Is so that right? Yes. And I so I don't think I realized that. Yeah, well you should read the book. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about that. I think there's an audio book, too. Oh, gotcha. Who was Herman Melville? No, they don't talk about the lamps in the movie. Oh, <laughs> no, they do not have a, th have a six and a half hour long digression about the nobility <laughs> of farming this kind of oil. And I say farming because I don't want to use the derivative either. But, you know, harvesting this oil from the Leviathan, the cetacean creature <laughs> of the white... Thing. thing. White thing. <laughs> the white thing. Oh, speaking of the whiteness, there's a great passage in the yes. book, isn't there, about what the color white, how in the East uh, the color white is the color of death. It is the funereal color, uh, whereas in the West it's black, and, and how powerful an idea of white is as a symbol of death, that blankness. Uh, it's quite haunting. It is. It's the you and know. And that also did not make it into the comic book, which you were kind <laughs> enough to bring with you. I was. Um, I'm a big fan of Bill Sinkevich, who is a legend, and I really. Uh, I hope we add him on Twitter or uh, whatever because he's uh, a comic artist. Amazing comic artist. And he did this. this. You are holding in your right hand the Moby Dick Classics Illustrated. Um, Moby Dick, yeah, Classics Illustrated comic book, and it is a magnificent work. And we noticed that. Uh, the entire book appears to be about 25 pages long, and yet it probably has the entire plot of Moby Dick in it. Yeah, we're more than halfway through, guys. Uh, I'm not going to digress as much, but yeah, when you know, um, 
they're on the seas. They meet other ships, uh, one of which it, we call them gams. The, these meetings, you know, because yeah, nice gams. <laughs> that if you're on the open sea and you see another ship, uh, it's kind of rude, I guess, just to keep going, you know, in the middle of all of that, seventy percent of the earth, and uh, one in particular. Uh, every time they come, if I quote somebody, it doesn't count because I got to pace myself. But every time they, they meet another ship, Ahab comes out with his horn and just uh, hails the captain, has seen the white whale. First thing he says, hey, have you seen Star Wars? It's great. Let me tell you. <laughs> He's nuts. And that's all he says. And Ishmael, by the way, his, his digressions about whaling and all that other stuff, it's weird because you meet two different people. Ishmael survives the voyage. He's the only one who survives the voyage. Ahab didn't, you know, he was demasted in his other voyage, and his response is to go strike this thing down throughout the ocean. Ishmael is like, wow, lucky I survived that. I'm going to go off and study whales and talk about whales and go on train compartments <laughs> with hapless passengers telling you for hundreds of pages, hey, did you know that, you know, whale oil is used to anoint kings? It's like, yes, we get it. We get it, okay? You survived the shipwreck. Um, but, you know, Ahab says, hey, have you seen the white whale? And the captain holds up his hand, and it's a hammer made out of ivory. And it's wow. like, oh, cool, you did. And he's like, yeah, it was a monster. It, it, it nearly killed everybody. Where is it? Oh, it's over there somewhere. Yeah, remember how they had to put my bone on, you know, and they're all laughing about it. And he's like, where's the whale? And they're like, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> is your captain crazy? And everyone's like, yeah, you know. But we all took a blood oath, so what are you going to do? And... Um, different ways of handling that. <laughs> so much of life comes down to whether you have a sense of humor, doesn't it? Ahab doesn't, he's not known for his sense of humor. No, it's not his strength. No, but he's got charisma. There are certain charismatic leaders who will not laugh at anything, including themselves and especially themselves. Ahab's one of them. And so when it's like, hey, um, it's just a dumb whale, Starbuck, our first mate, who is the one person who, who resists. And this is why we have Starbucks coffee, by the way, another yes. ubiquitous uh, cultural uh, contribution from Moby Dick. Never Day. heard of it. Yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's you it's, read the book. It's, it's all right. <laughs> uh, and Starbucks says, like, you know, come on. Um, I mean, uh, it's just a whale, and you got to get on with your life. And he was like, I'd strike the sun if it insulted me. It's like, okay. So some people just lash out and, and, and swing at every pitch. Am I, am I, am I getting too... too uh, no, this, yeah, is I wonder, yeah. this is great. This is great. We're doomed. And, <laughs> right, you know, right. We're on a ship. We're, we're on, on a ship. ship. Can you imagine, though, if Ahab had, had, had just like thought about it for a second and gone, you're right, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I need to get on with my life. This is crazy. I'm, I'm going to get everybody killed. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, but that's what's so great about... Uh, yeah, that type of personality, that that leadership type who inevitably you find they never have that nuance, right? They never say, uh, they never say it was, if you think about it, pretty much a, a great hour, you know, for them. They say it was their finest hour. You know, right. it's got to be an absolute because that's how you move people. Right, which he can do. And... There's a moment later in the book where Starbuck is sitting there and, and Ahab's just thinking, I mean, uh, this is things are going wrong. 
and there's a giant storm and he's like look we're going into the storm and they're like uh maybe not it's like no 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 we're going into the storm they go into the storm there's lightning there's saint elmo's fire he's got a scar down him you know this whole thing that they they call him old thunder it's elemental and they they come out of the storm they're sailing east and in the morning he's like why are, why is the sun at our our, our you know um what is it for um yeah. the bow and they're like well yeah that's weird that we're we're um i mean at a, a stern behind us and it's like but we're sailing east it's like no the sun's behind us well the compass is reversed because of the magnetism and they're like oh okay well don't worry about it just sail against your compass metaphor and he comes and makes his own compass he's like hey i can make a magnet and we'll have a new needle metaphor they're following this guy and it's like oh i threw away my my compass but that's okay metaphor y you know we'll follow you and Ahab's sitting there thinking, God, you know, sometimes I wonder if I'm even can control myself. And Starbucks like, you don't have to do this. We can go home. I can see my wife and my kids. And he says, yeah, but it's not up to me. <laughs> it's, I think I'm in control. I think I can do this, but you know what? This is bigger than me. I have to find out what's behind that whiteness. What's behind that thing. Because... I can tame it, and if I can't, I want to know what it is. And if it's nothing, then I want to know what it is. But I got to do this. This isn't up to me. I'm just the messenger. Let's go. That's the closest we get to a moment of uh, doubt. Yeah. And people people eat that up, and then they're all clinging to you know the boat as it's sinking, and one person survives. So it may not go well. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't. We're not going to give away anything, but everyone dies. <laughs> yeah, everyone dies except for <laughs> our narrator. And and it's funny you mentioned the the original run of the book and everybody knowing it didn't do well, and they released it in England, and it didn't have that epilogue. The ship the ship goes down. There's a vortex. It's you know the whales just brushing them off. People are dying. The ship is is creating this this charybdis. This everyone's it's bloody and. Everyone goes down, boom. Ahab is the last person there with a spear. And I, you know, we quoted the Wrath of Khan earlier. Yeah. And he throws a spear. The spear hits Moby Dick. Moby Dick's like, okay, well, enough of this. Dives. The rope comes and wraps around Ahab's neck, carrying him down to the depths of the ocean. He knows it's going to happen. But again, he's like, well, I'm the messenger. My ship's gone. Uh, you know, this is the way it goes. Okay, but don't tell what happens at the end of the No, movie. no, 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 no. <laughs> you, guys, you guys don't need to you know, watch, watch the movie. Um, <laughs> Read the comic book. Read the comic book or listen to the audio book or watch The Wrath of Khan. Um, and then they didn't have an epilogue. And then in, in England, they, they had the book and they were like, well, who wrote the book? Like, if everyone dies, right. who wrote right. the book? Sure. And, and Melville's like, are you... Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? I, I, I already said. a thousand-page book, and I never <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> like, I, I told these stories halfway through the book from Ishmael after the journey. Like, two years, he's, he's two years later saying, hey, I, I, I had this thing. And they're like, oh, cool. That's a, that's a cool story. Yeah. And then we just moved past it. And that's not enough? No. I don't know how these words got on this page. If everyone died. It's like, not everyone died. So he wrote an epilogue. People, people got hung up on that for, for 40 years, They'd I guess. They'd never so. seen American Beauty. No, they hadn't <laughs> seen her Sunset Boulevard That's or anything. That's why 
That's why we need people like you, Mike Signs. We need editors. <laughs> right, right. People will get confused. I th- look, one line. Just put one line earlier in the movie where, yeah, whatever. They didn't listen. Lance Fever Myers, I think we're ready for our lightning round. Are we ready for the lightning round? Let's do this. I've been told about the lightning round, and I was offered um, whether I should know or far more horrible than you can possibly <laughs> have been told. So what it is, we ask the same battery of questions to every guest that comes along, and then we rate them on <laughs> how they answer. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, so it's so a competition. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Well, um, prepare to be judged. I, we, as always. You ready? I am ready. Here it comes. Tell us about the first time you fell in love with a book. Wow. Um, first time I fell in love with a book was uh, Kurt Vonnegut. It's not even my favorite book, but Kurt Vonnegut. Um, I think it was Hocus Pocus. Mm. And I'd read other books of his. And I thought, oh, his new one came out. It's like when you listen to a record um, from a famous band, but you remember the first release that came out while you were a fan. Right. And that's what Hocus Pocus was. Okay. I love it. Okay, um, okay so has a book ever changed your mind? Whale. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me. No, uh, has a book ever changed. That's cha- a drink. <laughs> right. Has a book ever changed my mind? Uh, a nonfiction book I was reading for research on a documentary uh, against the death penalty. And the documentary, um, I already had uh, reservations and was against the death penalty. But in research, I read a book that had eight people arguing about the death penalty, both for and against. And it was against, for, against, for, against, for, or whatever. But they were back and forth. And each chapter subtly changed my mind, although I, I wasn't 100% convinced, but I thought to myself, okay, I can, I can see this argument. That's the one that comes up in the lightning round. So you didn't change your mind. We'll see. He changed his mind every time every he time. the page. I, I'm not <laughs> indecisive. I decide 100% every time I change my every mind that I commit to Every chapter changed your it. mind. Has a book ever changed your life? I think this book um, changed my life in some ways. That, uh, as I mentioned, that it was assigned to me. It, it, it was fate. I, it wasn't up to me, but I read it, and it's very elemental, and it can, it sticks with me as an interpretation of... I, it's different now that I, I know types who are uh, megalomaniacal and sociopathic now in my life, but I think Moby Dick changed my life. Catch-22 changed my life. Um, I also a, a hyphenated title. Indeed. Um, I, I used to not travel without a copy of Catch-22. Is there someone you identify with in uh, Moby Dick in particular? It's interesting. It's a very interesting question. Uh, I hate to identify. Yeah, uh, you should have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to identify with Ahab. I think he's the way you don't want to approach slights or uh, life or whatever. But we're all human and you get angry and you're like, God damn it. You know, how dare they life? How dare life? And uh, most of the time you just think, well, it's, it's, it's not personal. Um, I identify with Starbuck. I think I hope to be the person on the ship to say, hey, maybe, maybe don't. Stand down, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and here's some coffee. <laughs> Has a book ever made you cry? Oh, God. I wish I'd asked for these in advance. <laughs> no, hell no. What the hell? What do you, what do you take me for? That's the Graham <laughs> Reynolds answer. <laughs> Graham Reynolds came on our show, and, and we asked him that, and he said, uh, no book has ever made me cry, and I do not cry. 
Wow. Well, that is um, that's Graham. That's why he's he's. Uh, that's why he's Graham Reynolds. Graham Reynolds' tears cure cancer. Too bad he never <laughs> cries. <laughs> I, the answer to that question is yes, but I. I don't. I can't recall it because I blocked it out because it was ho- so horrific. You were so embarrassed. Right. <laughs> so embarrassed. Blubbering. Blubbering. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Do you? Oh, let's see. Um, name a book that you have read more than once. Moby Dick. Fantastic. Do you have? Twenty-two. This. No. Here's the million-dollar question. Okay. Can you dazzle us with any poetry committed to memory? Wow. Um, dazzle. <laughs> Do you have or any poetry committed to say it? Yeah. I am. I am nervous about uh, my mistress eyes are nothing like the sun. I'm starting to. I'm starting to fade. I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> that oh. that is usually the answer in the li- in the is lightning it, is round. It the yes, sonnet? yes. I think he, we've had maybe can two. Try the Cole is far give the, give the more the red try. than her lips red. Uh, if hair. Oh God, I'm fading. It's I was an English major in a different lifetime. <laughs> okay, I've been. I, you know that I, there's a poem yeah. based on Moby Dick called "The Man from Nantucket." <laughs> <laughs> it's a limerick. Yeah, it's a, li- it's, a, it's a limerick. It's written in a limerick style from Ireland. <laughs> you said earlier about oh, a rated X podcast. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Did I drop the f bomb yet? I did. Oh fuck. All right. <laughs> Well, I think that's it, right? That's the end of the lightning round. Do we have anything else we can talk about? Well, is there anything you would still like to say, Mike Stein? We're all on the ship. We are. We're all on the ship. ship. Are you a Starbucks or are you an Ahab? I don't know. Are you just, I don't know. Are you just an Ishmael writing down what happened? Writing down what happened. A scholar and a gentleman who's uh, saying, hi, my name's Ishmael. Hi. Okay. Okay. I, I have to ask, though. So, because this conversation came up on the car ride over. We're all dancing around it, right? With the, uh, you know, our, our current leader, our current commander in chief. Whale. What is. <laughs> I'm sorry, I feel like we're avoiding words. Uh, what is yeah. his obsession? What is. If we're going to make that. That's a great question because it was the, the one thing I knew I would say when I got here and I was prepared to forget about it. Uh, oh, yeah? I was going to say that we are all on the Pequod. Right. A ship named after an extinct. Native American group of people, mm. and this is a uniquely American novel about going onto the ocean and you know using the resources, the whales, uh, and it's a it's a multiracial crew, and you know it's there's a lot about democracy versus tyranny, and um, that whale that we are prepared to do everything and lash out against everything and 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 even if it brings us all down to catch is Donald Trump's father's affection. Aha. Donald Trump's father's affection, ladies and gentlemen, is the white whale. You heard it here first. All right. 100,000 for the insights. This is not a MAGA crowd. (laughs) (laughs) No, there were... (laughs) There are eight people out of 100,000 people cheering, but I think they believe, you know, the fervor. No, that's, that's a great answer. That is a great answer. Well, on that note, thank you folks for tuning in and listening to our podcast. Thank you, everyone, for coming tonight. Yes. Thank you. Thank you to, to uh, film editor and all-around raconteur Mike Sines. Thanks to The North Door, Benny Burrito Webster, and uh, the staff here. 
for their wonderful hosting and for uh, and and thank you to Lance Fever Myers, my co-host. Thank you to me, <laughs> LB Dio. Thank you to LB. Uh, thank you to our audience again. Thank, thank you, you to Connor Harrington for listening. Thank you to Connor who has <laughs> listened to, to every episode of this goddamn podcast. <laughs> and we love him. And, uh, and, and that is the, all the love we have in our hearts. Go to our website. Please, please, please. Uh, POV-publishing.com. You can read comics. You can read essays, poetry. You can buy my book. Uh, LB Dio has, a, has his own book that's coming out very, very soon. Coming out in, in September, The Goddamn Fool. Why So Much is already out. I've got uh, nothing. <laughs> the man has got nothing. Mike Sines has never produced a creative work of any genre <laughs> or medium. No, this is it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See and good night. See you next time.